Vihan Olofia is a partner at professional services firm Mazars South Africa, and he recently wrote an article published in MoneyWeb on ways to spot a crypto scam and also looked at rather urgent need for regulation. Vihan, I want to pick up with you first on the need for regulation. Why do we need it? I think the the answer to uh, the question is actually much more straightforward than one would imagine. We need cryptocurrencies to be regulated in South Africa for several reasons, but the most significant reason is to protect the consumer, which is essentially the individuals that are investing in cryptocurrencies. The regulating of the industry will assist in the protection of investors against individuals and institutions that are currently providing investors with unauthorized and substandard advice on on crypto investments. And it's these type of individuals and institutions that break down the credibility of the technology that so many other individuals and virtual asset service providers have worked extremely hard to build. The issue in trying to invest in this unregulated industry is that investors are required to do extensive research before they decide to invest with a specific virtual asset service provider. Now, the regulating of the industry will assist in ensuring that digital assets of investors are not misappropriated or recklessly traded with. Once the industry is regulated, I expect that virtual asset service providers will be required to be monitored for compliance with laws and regulations in the same manner in which the FSCA or the EAAB currently monitors entities that report to these regulating bodies. The regulating of the industry will also significantly decrease the amount of scams uh, that are currently associated with with cryptocurrencies. From my perspective in in the audit industry and having been involved with public accountable institutions, I can clearly see there's a need for the crypto industry and those who operate in it to be regulated to mitigate the possible risks associated with cryptocurrencies. Now, virtual asset service providers in their nature tend to hold millions, if not billions of rands in cryptocurrencies in a fiduciary capacity. They are therefore considered to be accountable institutions and need to be monitored and audited by reputable audit firms such as Mazars that has experience and expertise in the audit of virtual asset service providers and cryptocurrencies. And therefore also ensuring that these companies are adhering to the applicable laws and regulations. And in addition to this, also confirming as well that virtual asset service providers actually hold the assets and, and actually exist. If I can explain this by the way of example, if, if we come in and do the audit, we look at, uh, of course, amongst other things, we look at the balances uh, on, on the balance sheet. Now, if you invest with a virtual asset service provider, that virtual asset service provider essentially has a liability on the balance sheet of funds owing towards you, uh, be it fiat or cryptocurrency, but also has the asset side of it on the balance sheet. Now, we are going to basically make sure that actually exists, that either it's, it's held directly onto the blockchain or um, that it's held by a custodian, just to make sure that it's not a part of some Ponzi scheme, um, because usually with Ponzi schemes, they, they have fictitious assets on the balance sheet or they issue fictitious uh, statements. Now, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology is a revolutionary concept, and it has the ability to significantly increase our standard of living. The ability of the technology to do away with traditional intermediaries uh, allows individuals to securely transact with one another without bearing the significant cost of that levied by traditional institutions such as banks. Now, um, we had an instance, I think, the day before yesterday, there was a, a post on, on LinkedIn by Valor where they actually had a transaction, um, not by themselves, of course, but on the on the Bitcoin blockchain, where there was a 1.2 billion 
US dollar transaction um, from one public key to to others. And the transaction cost associated with that transaction was a mere $3.61. To add to this, the transaction was concluded in a matter of minutes. Um, so the, the technology truly has endless possibilities. But for the general public to be willing to utilize this technology, they first need to trust it. And I truly believe that the regulating of this industry uh, will be the first and biggest step in building this trust, which will ultimately lead to the mass adoption of cryptocurrencies. All right. You also came up with some interesting tips in that article that I mentioned earlier in MoneyWeb, some interesting tips for picking up scams, one of them being these so-called white papers that are almost impossible to understand. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Anything drowning in complexity is going to be suspect. What are some of the other things to look out for when you're trying to spot a, a crypto scam? I think there's a saying that goes, if you can't convince them, confuse them. And I, and I believe scammers are heavily relying on this tactic. The problem with cryptocurrencies is that it's, it's an extremely topical uh, subject that requires some level of expertise and experience. And, and I found that there's a number of people out there that don't truly understand the technology. And it's because of this lack of understanding that they rather stay away from cryptocurrencies uh, or make uninformed decisions. Um, and it's exactly this lack of understanding that draws this prey on. Now, virtual asset service providers such as Luno uh, go to great lengths to teach the general public about cryptocurrencies and warn them what to look out for. From my perspective and, and what I can share with the listeners as well, when you look at a possible investment and there's promises of guaranteed returns that seem unrealistic, be wary of that because of the fact that Crypto has a stigma of generating large profits in a short time. So it, it is tending to, to, to be unrealistic. But in addition to that, the investment in, in cryptocurrency is a fairly volatile investment. So there is no one that can possibly tell you there will be an increase or decrease in the, in the cryptocurrency in, in a, over a period of six months or 12 months. So it's impossible and, and, and unrealistic for anyone to guarantee uh, returns. Now, there's also a tactic that they use, which I uh, like a lot. It's called the FOMO tactic. I'm having FOMO myself. But it's, it's, a, it's basically where their website has a, a, a countdown clock uh, to a deadline and uh, not to be uh, missed once in a lifetime opportunity. Mm. And, it, and it basically what that does is it causes pressure on the investment to not mm. properly do, or the investor to not properly do their research and make sure that they're comfortable with the investment. Now, if you look at different websites as well, websites that use um, phrases like your money should work for you or has pictures of luxury vehicles, beaches, uh, champagne, those are the type of things to look out for. But in addition to that, usually they add like bogus testimonials onto the website that create this illusion of credibility. And sometimes they'll have team members or employees on the website as well. Now, what I like to do is I, I like to have a look at, at the employees, see if I can find them on LinkedIn, uh, see how many connections they have, um, also check on Facebook whether they exist on, from that perspective, uh, just to, to see whether there is anything fishy going on. But the other thing that, that I also saw, uh, saw that recently popped up a lot as well is, is poorly built presentations um, that, that ask you to, uh, to contact the person that you, uh, you receive the, the presentation from and not the actual company. So they, these people act like the representatives of virtual asset service providers willing to assist you with, with trades. Now, of course, the other major thing, and this we see a lot as well with pyramid schemes, is is when your income is predominantly generated um, from referral fees instead of the growth of your investments. I mean, that's a pyramid scheme uh, 101. But 
it all boils down to the, I think, the golden rule of it, it's, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. You do get a sense with cryptos that we're in 1880s Joburg at the birth of gold mining, don't you? I mean, you know what Mark Twain said, what's the definition of a gold mine? It's a hole in the ground with a liar standing on the top of it. <laughs> and I think there's, there's certainly a lot of that around the crypto space. Now, what will it take to get greater adoption of cryptos in South Africa? What do you think we need? Well, it's actually quite interesting. I received a, a piece from uh, uh, Sean Sanders, the CEO of Rivix, uh, a week or two ago um, that was prepared by a publisher that actually addressed um, and, and compared Bitcoin to that of gold and also discussing the, the attributes of, of a bubble. Um, of course, uh, the bubble applicable to both Bitcoin and gold. And in this piece, they specifically spoke about Bitcoin's ability to be seen as a store of value in the same sense as gold. Um, now, the definition of a store of value is an intermediate asset that people demand, but not necessarily for its use, but for its ability to be of value in the future. The, the value, therefore, becomes reflexive of, of, people, uh, of, of, of uh, people that will believe that Bitcoin has a store of value if they expect others to believe in it as well. So you can imagine back in the day when uh, first people started to, to trade with gold as well. They believed that this had a, a store value and, and could be used because other people also believed in it and, and essentially it as was adopted as a store of value and, and a means to, to trade. So the answer to the question, um, the greater adoption of cryptocurrencies will be dependent on others' belief in its ability to be a store of value, which should be achieved once enough people understand the benefits of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, of course, but also trust the technology. And once again, we circle back to, to, to regulations. The regulating of the industry will be that first step in, in building trust in the general public. Right. Okay. I'm just interested about uh, the fact that Mazars seems to be developing this discipline around cryptos. And, you know, you, you seem to be quite out there. Are other professional services firms doing the same? From my perspective and what I've seen and what I've heard, um, there's not a lot of of professional service firms uh, from the audit perspective um, that are uh, focusing on cryptocurrencies. And, and I think the reason because of that is uh, traditional firms such as, um, well, traditional audit firms rather, um, tend to shy away because they're not yet comfortable with the technology, they don't have the necessary expertise and, and, and knowledge. And of course, um, we're governed by a professional code of conduct and, and that, that requires us to make sure that we have the required uh, due care and expertise to be able to service a client. Um, and, and I think from that perspective, it, it sometimes becomes difficult for for an audit firm to service a client in this industry because they, they don't yet understand the technology. Now, from, from a Mazars' perspective, uh, we actually, um, Mazars South Africa was approved by our global uh, risk committee um, to be able to, 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 to issue audit opinions on these virtual asset service providers and to, to service uh, businesses in the crypto uh, cryptocurrency industry because of the fact that we were able to prove that we had the expertise and the experience to be able to, to gain enough assurance to, to issue these audit opinions. Very interesting, Vihan. Let's leave it at that. That was Vihan Olafio, who's a partner at professional services firm Mazars South Africa.